a Spade, Spoon, Soul, a podcast about all the ways food intersects with our faith, from seed to spade to spoon. Hi, I'm Brian Sellers Peterson, and um, I live in the Cascade Mountains, and we're still covered in snow, so I'm really happy to start getting seed catalogs. Um, knowing that uh, it's getting close to that time again. And I'm Jennifer Baskerville Burroughs. I am the Bishop of the Episcopal Diocese of Indianapolis, coming to you from Monument Circle here in the center of the city. And I am so excited because even though it is 20 degrees and cold, the hope of a new gardening season is always inspiring us. And we've got just the folks to help us along with that as we welcome Catherine and Sean Duffy from the Garden for All program and garden and um, sort of agrarian goodness out of New Albany, Ohio, which is located out of All Saints Episcopal Church in the Diocese of Southern Ohio near Columbus. And so we are delighted to um, dive in with sort of happy flowers and food and feeding people and to learn about what you do and how you do it there. So, um, we always start with this question. We want to know where the two of you are rooted. What place or community, maybe it's spiritual or physical, where are you rooted? Um, both individually and, and together as a couple. Neither one of us is from Central Ohio. Um, we're both from other parts of the country, but um, I've lived in Central Ohio about 15 years. And when we got married and we ended up finding the home where we live, uh, it's, it's an unusual place. It's a, it's a big yard relative to the area. And, and so to say that we are rooted there sort of metaphorically and also physically um, because we've planted all kinds of things in the yard. And when I say we, I really do mean my husband, Sean, because he does most of the planting or all the planting um, flowers and vegetables. And we live um, adjacent to the garden, adjacent to the land that the garden for all is planted on, on the All Saints um, church's grounds. And so we are rooted there with the investment. Well, you, you really go to your neighborhood church then, in other words. We really do. Um, coincidentally, we went there before we actually bought the house and didn't intend to buy that house, didn't buy it on purpose because it was next to the church. We bought it because it offered what we wanted and it happened to be next to the church. Um, but yes, we go to our neighborhood church. We do. Yep. And we're, we're definitely rooted in the outdoors, um, being outside in the sunshine in nature. That's one of our definitely our happy places together. Well, that's wonderful. So, so tell us about the garden for all. I mean, I, I love the name of it, which is evocative of, I think, some of our best hopes for how you would um, feed people and, um, and, and sort of share the gifts of God's creation. But tell us about how it started, who it serves. This, you can start anywhere, but um, tell us about it. So, um, Sean and I started a creation care ministry at All Saints about four years ago, so in early 2019, just to start thinking about how the church might live out its own call to serving creation. And one of the little, little like seeds of that was um, how we might use the land 
differently. Um, it, it's an eight acre plot and most of it at that point was just open grass, sprayed and treated grass. Um, we had put in some raised beds in the fall of 2019 without a really big plan of what we were gonna do with them. But then of course, in, um, in early 2020, when the pandemic began um, and all the churches shut down, we felt like we really wanted to respond, to do something, to continue ministry and to continue a way to be community. And so that's really where the garden for all began. Um, we had a small plot and a couple of those original raised beds um, that that spring and summer and donated 750 pounds of produce to our local food pantries. Um, and we were all very inspired by that. And, and going forward from that point, uh, we started thinking about who we really were um, as, as a space that served the community through the produce, um, but also who else we wanted to be. Um, Sean felt the call, especially, and it's a call that other people have really felt as well to, um, to start the flower ministry, um, to plant the flowers and then uh, cut them and deliver them along with the produce to the food pantry. So the people that are the patrons of the pantries can really know that the beauty of God's earth is also for them, that it's not limited to people who have means, um, but that we're all meant to experience the beauty that the earth can provide. Um, and we're, we're really committed to that ministry, to, to, to showing people that um, they are valued and that, that, that they also can share, you know, creation. And then the other part that we um, feel is a huge part of our call is the creation of community. So we see the garden and all the associated ministries as community space where people that work um, to make the ministry happen can come together. And the way we say it is to be in relationship with God by being in relationship with creation and with one another. So um, there are all kinds of ways that people do the garden, you know, the actual vegetable tending and the planting and the harvesting and all that. And then the um, cutting and the arranging of the flowers. Uh, we have people that paint the vases. We have all kinds of, of people that are part of um, our little garden community. And I'll, I'll stop and let my dear husband add whatever I have left out. I was just going to say for the, the cut flower area, it's something that we wanted to do to bring pollinators and beneficial um, bugs into the area. The first year we planted it, it just really took off. And I remember that year we, towards uh, the end of September, it's a really uh, like beautiful, warm fall day in September. And we had put on the calendar to invite the community and the congregation to come out and cut flowers uh, for themselves because the season was winding down. We'd already donated lots of the food pantries and senior care facilities. And so we had this big group come out and they cut their own flowers and we had glasses out and, and things that they could put the bouquets together with and ribbons. And it was a really wonderful uh, day and experience. And you know what, now that you mentioned that, I had forgotten that. <laughs> the other thing that we said to people was to make two bouquets. Do you remember this? And we said, take one for yourself and take one to give to somebody else. Um, so that, that had been kind of the inspiration for giving away more of these bouquets to other people. That's pretty extraordinary. And it, it seems, I mean, I'm having so many thoughts because I think it seems like, oh, this is such an easy thing to do. And yet it took a pandemic perhaps to instigate this, right? So we've been, I often think about that, how the pandemic has been a great interrupter, but it's also been an instigator of 
of other things. So we had to pivot and perhaps shift initial plans. And can you um, briefly say something about like what your original thought you were going to be doing before the pandemic came? Like, is it about what you are, did it end up in those the same place or did you have other intentions for what you thought you might be doing when you started out in 2019? Well, it, it's, that is a really funny story. It, it depends on what you, what you mean exactly by that. But um, we had discerned over the course of 2019 that what that what Sean and I were called to do as a family was to leave our corporate jobs and spend 2020 traveling and discerning what the next steps were for our lives. Um, I, I'm a postulant to the priesthood and in seminary in the Diocese of Southern Ohio, but that that, that preceded 2019, you know, preceded all of this. And so um, we had a couple of international trips and a couple of domestic trips planned for 2020. And then, you know, those obviously didn't happen. And so we found ourselves with a lot of free time um, on our hands. You know, our initial plan, I think, for um, the creation care ministry at the church, and, and some of this has come to fruition, was to... Um, to start a composting ministry. We did that. And, and since that ministry started, I've actually um, worked with the city of New Albany. Now the city of New Albany has started, based on our, our push, has started municipal composting for the city. So we've seen some success in that area. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> wait a minute. True story. True story. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, we're going to ride that high for the rest of our lives. The fact that that actually happened, you know, I mean, the city had to, had to take the initiative to do it, but yeah, we, we, we set it up. We started um, with this, with the idea that the, the church would compost what um, you know, what we did in our kitchen um, and, and get off using plastic and get off throwing food away. And that we were going to um, let our parishioners compost as well, just to actually subsidize the cost of doing it for the kitchen. But then the pandemic happened. And so the only people that were composting were the parishioners and, you know, some of their friends. And then, um, you know, we did some research and, and presented to the city some data on um, the cost of composting and which communities around the area were doing it. And yeah, now, um, two years later, they, um, they started doing it and they use our, one of our, our original drop-off spot that's on the property. We share a, a piece of property with a temple. So um, the composting drop-off is on the lot of the church and the temple. Um, they use our original composting drop-off point as one of the drop-off points for the city. They, they cover the cost. And for us, we're like, wow, people actually have a reason to come onto the church property in their composting. So yeah, um, we're, this is why we know that God is behind this ministry because all of these things keep happening. Um, so that was one of our, you know, that was one of our goals. Generally greening our kitchen was another of our goals. Sean, do you remember other of our initial, it's been a while now. Um, the garden, and the composting have really taken over. And energy efficiency type oh, stuff. Energy efficiency. Yeah. 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 Um, and now the diocese has a, um, energy efficiency grant program. I, I um, co-chair the diocesan energy efficiency, um, I'm sorry, whatever it's called, creation care and environmental justice task force. And one of our programs is to administer um, this energy efficiency grant program that gives $10,000 to um, 
parishes to do a, you know, a piece of energy efficiency work. Now, All Saints doesn't claim that. We did take advantage of it, but um, but yeah, we've we've done some made some efficiency changes to our building too. That's all. That's great. But I keep hearing is this theme of um, the ways in which, in the best way, this ministry has been generative because it's about something that started in one particular plot of land that in the ways in which you speak about the flowers, the composting, that it's expanded out into changing a city, right? Like when you are helping change a municipality's understanding of how it deals with waste in a generative way, I mean, that is a, uh, it's an inspiration, but it's a big deal. And so um, I just love that repeated theme through the the story you've told so far. Yeah, I like the sort of, the theological ideas uh, that spring out of this, especially the compost. I, I mean, having, you know, sharing it with, uh, you know, your your uh, uh, sister um, synagogue is ju just a wonderful, wonderful icon for what ministry is in, in terms of regeneration um, along with generation. I'm sure we'll flip back to a few things, um, but I, I I just I need to make sure I get this in um, because I'm really curious, and I think a lot of people who will be listening and have come up, you know, get the idea. Well, we could get some donations from some businesses, um, and they don't just don't know how to do it. So, Sean, I really want to hear a little bit about Johnny Seeds. Um, and, and how that happened. And if you've got any, you know, pearls of wisdom, um, you know, you can share with how to approach businesses who are in the business of making money, but, you know, uh, churches are always interested in getting donations or discounts. Um, um, so talk to, talk to us about that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, two, two things we've got, a. Uh a local business that's really close to the church, which is a big nursery, um, greenhouse, um, supplier, you know, retail type shop. And they're really well known in Columbus. And, and we started kind of developing a relationship with them and that has prospered into getting soil for our container garden event, which supports our food pantry um, patrons uh, each spring. They donated lots of seeds at the end of the year because most of those seeds get thrown out, unfortunately, because they're a retail establishment and then they expire. Um, so the provider would say, you know, you need to destroy those and we'll, you know, re reorder next year. Well, they were able to donate those to us. And it was a huge, huge, like 25, 35 pounds of, of individual packets of seeds you, know, you get at the retailer with everything. So I was able to get those out to several other um, similar gardens like us and even bigger uh, to be able to use uh, through your Facebook, um, your Facebook group, which was great. So we sent out, I don't know, probably 10 or 12 uh, big packets of seeds to different gardens throughout the country, which is, is just amazing. All of those are supporting food pantries. And then um, one of my uh, farming friends told me I need to contact Johnny Seeds and we had been using Johnny Seeds all along and we think they're a great um, provider. And so they have a community 
um, kind of sponsored grant process that they can do. Um, and they sent us another huge um, donation of seeds, which was just just amazing. Um, but we're seeing it really across, you know, businesses plus the community, just the outpouring of support when we're focused on food insecurity and, and bringing people together in community. Well, you could tell Johnny Seeds that we're going to do a big plug for them. Perfect. I lo- we love Johnny uh, Seeds. On this podcast and some <laughs> of our other social media stuff we've got going. So that's great to hear. But anybody can apply. Just look on the website for community um, grants at Johnny's. Fantastic. So, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, like you, again, three years is not a lot of time, but it's a lot of time to be able to make a big difference. So you had the idea in 2019, 2020, really you blew up as you really had to pivot and change the direction. And so, um, you know, the, the flower ministry particularly is just something that we don't hear about very often. And I, I had a conversation with, oh, I know, I, I was speaking to a priest from the East Coast over the weekend, and she had mentioned how small churches really struggle with things like flower guilds and the money for flowers when they're just trying to have money just to do some of the basics and how to do that. And um, and I just think about what your ministry offers and this notion of sharing this, this bit of beauty with the world, both planting it for the pollinators and for the folks who can use it to beautify their uh, residences if they're in if, you know um, long-term care facilities of any kind or the churches. And I mean, it's such a deeply rooted thing in our churches to bring that beauty inside. So can you um, talk a little bit more about like, what was the, I mean, was it just that you thought we want to bring pollinators, we should share flowers. How did you, how did you come to that particular aspect of the ministry? Well, we definitely needed to get, we, we use organic methods, so we don't use pesticides and, and uh, you know, chemical-based fertilizers. So we're trying to bring in the good bugs and, and good birds and that kind of thing. So we started kind of interplanting. We put a big strip around the entire garden of cosmos and zinnias and sunflowers. And like I said, that first year, they just really took off. And I mentioned to both of the food pantries that we could, you know, provide some cut flower bouquets and, and uh, share them with the pantry and their customers. And that was one of the, they said, like, after the first time we did that, they had a line stacked up in front of all the bouquets that we had dropped off. So and that Amazing. would have been what 2021, and so that is um, that is what inspired Sean, I think, to go all in even more last year in 2022 to set aside um, a whole separate bed and really do some a, a, just a much wider variety and some really unique and brightly colored flowers and more. I think we did. Oh, I'm going to mess up the numbers, but 120 some in 2021, and then 500 and. I'm the number person I should know, but 512 or something in 2022 and bouquets, bouquets, separate bouquets that we took um, to the pantries. And then again, um, you know, we're, we're aiming, we're in a little bit of a a fundraising space right now, but we're aiming to triple our growing space for, um, for 2023 summer. So including the produce and the flowers, Um, I mean, not triple the flower space, but overall triple our, our growing space. So we're definitely continuing to invest in that, but you know, even before that, I think it might have even been the, <laughs> the fall of um, 2019, where 
we were just, again, looking at this open space. I think um, we'd finally gotten to a point where the church had stopped spraying the lawn. Um, we live in an area where um, heavily treated lawns are very much the norm. Um, we're the outliers that have pollinator meadows in their front yard. Most of our area is very uniform in its grass and um, including the churchyard, but we'd stop spraying. And then we cut out, how big would you say that original pollinator space is? Quarter of an acre, maybe a little About bit that. less. Mm -hmm. We cut that out, took the grass out over the winter and then just, um, you know, did like a wildflower pollinator area. And so that was our first foray into, um, you know, the, the, the flowers and, um, a little bit less plantful and then, um, but it really has grown up into a beautiful, mature meadow and the bees love it. And, you know, we got some looks at the beginning, but now, um, we have a group of people that are on board. We put in a second space last year and then a whole group of people that you would never think are now on board with putting in a third space, um, for next year. So, and it was, it was, yeah, their, their, their idea, which is amazing. So kind of un, unmanaged pollinator spaces, which are amazing for, you know, the, the world today. Um, yeah. And then we had this very separate dedicated, it was a kind of a 20 by 30 foot spot of cut flowers. We probably have 20 different varieties in there and we, it, it has its own little support group. You know, um, we have very dedicated volunteers, not all, we've had a huge outpouring from the community that show up both from the church, the community to, to support the flowers, to cut them twice a week, to arrange bouquets. We have some ladies and, and people that just do the bouquets um, inside. Um, they come and cut, they come and plant. It's It's been amazing support. That's in addition to all the vegetables too. Yeah. Well, I mean, you mentioned like you're, you know, starting a third space and I'm like, you already have the third space using the other ways you think <laughs> about that term and what you've got this community meeting space where folks can come that, probably creates community and or reinforces it in a way that might not have otherwise happened so um and it reminds me I mean Brian you'll appreciate this you know when we interview Norman Rosebud and he talks about the agrarian spirit and how churches particularly are called to provide a little place of beauty for their communities especially for those who might not have access to beautiful spaces and that's something that everyone deserves access to and you I mean this is what you're doing it's Yes, beautiful. Thank you. So I can't help but plug um, an organization and a podcast called Slow Flowers. Um, and it's a friend of mine, Deborah Prinzing, who's a PK, not a priest kid, but a pastor's kid, uh, started, she, she wrote for a Sunset Magazine. Um, she's really well known sort of in you know that flower arranging space around the country but she has a website and a companion book called slow flowers and um you know really advocating you know for um cut flowers that are local um instead of you know getting flowers from you know the netherlands or you know, from South America in the middle of our winter, you know, thinking differently about and forming a relationship with, uh, uh, you know, suppliers. Um, and so there are, you know, florists that are certified slow flower, 
florists that source their flowers locally. And I really, you know, I think it's um, something that the church could really uh, tap into. And I think we need a full podcast just talking about flowers and, you know, combining, you know, saving some money for the church instead of having a line item, um, you know, for cut flowers from a florist, you know, to uh, have flowers from the church garden, from parishioners' gardens, um, and um, being really thoughtful about it. But with that double benefit of pollination and, um, you know, getting people to think about, you know, sort of giving up the chemicals um, and, you know, just bringing in other types of plants uh, that bring everything together. So um, I really love that you guys are doing that. And I'm just hearing you say that it, it makes me think of being like being connected to the flowers. And I don't know if that makes sense, but when, when they're coming from South America or another country, it's so remote. It's not, it, they're not coming from your land. You know, but if you have flowers that are coming from near you, then you're actually in your worship space, then you're connected to creation in a way that that you wouldn't be otherwise. Or yeah. live plants or something like that. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I think there's something about, um, you know, you think about the wine, uh, the, at least the terminology that's mostly used in wine about terroir, and like you've got this particular place with particular soil and particular weather patterns that creates a particular grape taste that's not going to be replicated. The grape variety can be grown someplace else, but it's going to taste differently because it's being nourished in a different place. And so there's a way in which the food and the flowers that feed our souls and our, our bodies being from the place where we live in that integrated way is, um, it's like rooting us in a way that nothing else can, right? And it yes. reinforces it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, That's exactly, exactly it articulated much more clearly than, than I did, because I think about that, you know, that, that rootedness and that connection, if you, if you, if you feel that in your day to day, my sense is that people will be more likely to treat the land with reverence, um, if they're connected to it, if it's actually part of them. That's, you know, that, um, as, as a beekeeper, um, I, you know, the, the taste of the honey takes on where, you know, those bees are going out um, to collect. So um, here in, in Washington state, we have a lot of honey that has this blackberry taste to it um, because wow. there's blackberries everywhere. Um, but uh um, yeah, I, I think that so much of this comes together with what we what we taste, what we see, what we smell, what we feel um, around us outside. Yeah, and the flowers have definitely kind of stolen the show, and, and they've been uh, the biggest surprise um, that we've had, and something that was, you know, much easier than than one could imagine, I think, uh, with a little bit of thought, a little bit of nurturing, um, they really do produce. Okay, well, I'm gonna hit you guys up for some some photos of your <laughs> gardens, especially the intercropping that you're doing. The, I love the idea of having a boundary that, you know, it's got sunflowers and, and zinnias and foxglove and other things. It's, 
Brian, careful what you wish for. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like a feast for the eyes. Um, But, you know, just just to, you know, to anyone who's listening to this, just go to the website. (laughs) Um, And it's it's a pretty easy website to find. It's thegardenforall.org. And uh, you can treat your eyes uh, for starters. Mm. Well, Brian, you mentioned feast. And so as we um, begin to wind down our time, I would love to ask the question for um, for Catherine and Sean about what meal or dish makes you sigh with comfort, with cooking comfort. Like when you're growing all this wonderful food, what is your favorite thing to do with it? I was gonna. I was gonna say real quick. We, we're 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 vegan, and so we call it a vegan feast. But ah, every, nice. everything we grow goes right to our food pantry partners. Everything we occasionally do a little sampling, but everything goes right to them. So we're we're showing up and buying our own produce. <laughs> you know, we're, we we've done um, you know five five thousand pounds over the last couple of of seasons. So an amazing amount of produce and. Couple more things, which is on this. The pantries tell us that they have their pantry patrons come in and say, Did the church deliver their produce? Is it available today for us? So just like blows me away, um, you know, that that we get that kind of feedback. And the local pantry also tells us that they, the produce we provide is of a higher quality and a much better produce than they can buy on their own. And they get very, very little uh, fresh produce. And, and that's, you know, that's why I'm in the game, which is to help, you know, alleviate food insecurity. And, and it's, it's just really grown into an amazing, um, you know, kind of, we're, we're doing our best to, to do what we can to help support it in our own way. Yeah. You know, that's, that's interesting. Sean's right. We do take 99.5% of the produce <laughs> to the food pantries, although um, we did find a rogue butternut squash in our basement the other day, <laughs> so which is now moved up to our counter. So um, when you ask that question, I don't know if it's just that it's late in the day and I haven't had my snack, but I immediately thought of um, like a butternut squash risotto. Doesn't that sound so good? And actually, we, Sean's right. We, today. we are vegan. Uh, that word scares people. So I like to say we only eat plants. Um <laughs> Instead of, you know, that, that frightens people less, but you know, you can still make like a really creamy risotto and then you roast the butternut squash and you, and you mix it up. Um, but we should ask the food pantry if they get feedback, um, on what people like to cook. We, uh, mm. we realized that we were providing some vegetables that were a little, um, unusual for people, things they weren't familiar with in 2021. So in 2022, we developed a recipe book with recipes from our, um, our congregation and we printed it, gave it to the food pantries, uh, 50 copies. And actually just yesterday they asked for another 150 copies. So we sent those to the printer. So we should ask them what they're cooking. We're really curious to know. Okay. Wait a minute. So you're saying that you had a reprint of the church cookbook? That doesn't have a I know gonna you that. know, you too. <laughs> you know, you know. I I just can't help thinking about, you know, that scripture about hiding your light under a bushel. Right. Um, I'm so glad that Jennifer and I got to help <laughs> lift that bushel 
off off your wonderful light uh, that you're, you're sharing. So, um, wow, your publishers too. Well, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. well, I'm putting in an order for your cookbook right now. Awesome. Go. Third edition. Well, nice. Next print, we'll, <laughs> we'll send you one. Yeah, well, we're just hanging on for the ride. And and I don't mean to say that as to be trite, but this has really gone in directions that we never expected. And so we really feel like the Holy Spirit is driving it and and really, 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 really excited to see what's coming. So yeah. we're grateful and, for and, the opportunity to talk about it. And I got I got to plug one more thing, which is we had 85 individual volunteers, you know, unique volunteers come into the garden and come into the, the space to help us last season. Um, almost half of those came from the broader community. Um, our youngest volunteer was three and I think our oldest is, is 93 or slightly over 93. Um, so that, you know, it took me two seasons to figure out it was more than just um, growing produce and flowers. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're growing all kinds of things and may you continue to be blessed in all of that. It's such a gift um, to the community, to the church. It's a great witness. It's a great evangelism. It's great, like taking care of people in mind, body, spirit. So I hope it continues to grow beautifully. Thank you. Hey, hey thank you. Well, I guess that's a wrap uh, for today's Spade Spoon Soul, also known as Triple S. But just Thank you, Sean and Catherine. Now, everyone needs to check out their, their the Garden for All website. I've already mentioned the address, but it's worth saying it again, thegardenforall.org. And uh, if you want to know more about uh, Triple S, you can find us at the Spade Spoon Soul Facebook page or email us at podcast at gmail.com. And we also want to thank our producer, the amazing Derek Weston, who also happens to be a Presbyterian pastor, community organizer, urban farmer, filmmaker, author. We're looking forward to the book coming out soon, Derek. So many talents that he lends to our podcast, for which we're grateful. Also, the multi-talented Jay Sidebotham for the wonderful artwork that graces our podcast and for Ryan Lee, who provides the groovy music that we open and close with. So until next time, we hope you will find ways to connect your soul to your spade or spoon or both. And, you know, feast on a flower today with your eyes. Thank you. Thanks, everybody.